Welcome to the Choosing Happiness Podcast with me, your host, Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady. In these conversations, we will be discussing an uncommon way to find joy in your life with weekly special guests. Did you know you could choose your happy? Won't you come and play and discover how these magical tools could work for you? Let's do this. Well, howdy, y'all out there in podcast land. You guessed it, Rudrani David, the happiness lady, back for another episode of the Choosing Happiness Podcast. Bum, bum, bum. Based on this little yellow book, Choosing Happiness, an uncommon way to find joy in your life. And guess what, y'all? I got a repeat offender today. She barely made it on to the podcast because um, something about having to sweep the dirt off her roof. And she done found two headstones, too. But... Without further ado, Julie Rieger, thank you so much for being my guest again. And can you kind of fill me in? Because you sort of blurted this stuff out and you like, you bought a cemetery or you bought a church or a house? Or what's this dirt thing about? Right? Hi, everybody in podcast land. Um, I'm curious what the zip code is in podcast land. Um, I guess it depends what podcast it is. Um so maybe it's just one, 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 one. So we'll just start with that for your <coughs> zip code. Um, so uh, actually, um, I bought a house here in, in Santa Fe. And if anybody who remembers Rent, there is a song about Santa Fe in it. So anyway, just, I won't sing it. Maybe next time you can sing it from Rent. Anyway, so we um, bought a house. And um, it's old adobe. And they these old homes, they used to like uh, on on top of the uh wood on these roofs they would just put dirt as like insulation so um i was over at the house so that's why i look like ass that's that explanation but the really interesting thing that happened is about a month ago i was over there with our contractor looking at stuff it's it's a decent sized property i mean it's in santa fe like it's we're considered downtown so nobody has a ton of space um and we're looking around at the back fence and I spy with my own eye two headstones. So on these headstones, uh, one of them, and, and it's funny because I ended up matching it up with my report from the historic society division or whatever they're called here. Um, and their names that were on the, the deed of the house at the time. So they were, had owned it at the time. And one of them, um, his name is Melaton uh, Ortega. And uh, he was born in 1874 and died in 1949. Uh, and his wife, Carlotta. Girl, I can't hear you, just so you know. You're still muted. There we go. Now, can right. you, okay, so did you look them up? Like, did you Google? I did. Yep, yep, yep. I sure did. And not only did I Google, um, about three weeks ago, I <clears> had lunch with one of their descendants okay tell me more and his name is weston isn't that cool and no well actually here's what's funny so i put it up on instagram and i'm like if anybody can help me try to track down who these people are so i had all these really great sleuths that know how to access things that my old ass doesn't know how to access and um no for real i listen I, i i i fantasize about losing my phone so nobody, so I don't have to deal with it. So like, I'm very anti. Well, I need mine in the room a long time, but I literally wish I could. I walk away from mine. Oh yeah. Right. I have a frog in my throat. So bear with me. We'll get through this together. And yeah, I walk away from this sucker all the time. I leave it in my car and like an hour will go by and I'm like, where is my Yeah. So I fantasize about losing it. But anyway, so a lot of people were looking stuff up. Then I get a message from a guy named Weston Archuleta. And um, those were his great, great grandparents. And the family still lives here. Like the, the uh, it's the Archuletas, the Ortegas. Um, and those are the two main families. And um, so when we had lunch, he gave me a folder about this thick about events that happened in the house with the family, all these things. And he's like, you know, some bad things happen. I go, well, what's bad? What do you call bad? I know. Right. And, um, he's like, well, so-and-so, you know, um, uh, had a baby and lost it. 
like there, like, you know, home birth kind of thing. There was an uncle that drank himself to death. There's all these other things. I'm like, well, honey, that's not bad. That's just life. And he goes, what? And I said, well, yeah, they'll, they're back or they'll be back. Like this, this is just life, honey. We all die. Like we're, we're just cycling we're, through, you know, we're born to die and it's not bad. I got to really know what, that's why I needed to ask, what do you mean by bad? Like death isn't bad. And anyway, we formed this really cool relationship. So, um, uh, so I actually believe there are a number of bodies buried there. So my joke is I bought a cemetery and everybody's like, of course you did because you have this book called the ghost photographer. So of course you're cool with it. I'm like, yeah. And the funny thing is I even bought a sign about this big, um, to go in the front of the house that says, uh, beware of the ghost. Oh and God. before I knew about the headstones. So yeah. So I bought a ghostly property, I guess makes sense. I was looking for a tax credit, to be real honest with you. But I'm like, I looked at it, I'm like, oh my God, I have headstones. And I start looking at the New Mexico law. It's like, hey, how many do you need to get a tax exemption? Uh, and that's where my head went. Not the scary part, because, you know, girl's not afraid. You know, I'm leaning into the energy of this, y'all. And, you know, we, we do these, this, these classes um, about entities in access consciousness. And, girl, you've got a plethora of them there. And it's not just the ones underground. It's the ones visiting. Oh, girl. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing, and I'm and I say this with all the love in the world. New Mexico is um, maybe part of the United States, but weird weird ways it's not. Like like legally, it's part of the United States. Spiritually, it's still very much Mexico. Mm. And so it was very much a practice that you buried your loved ones in your backyard. Like I promise you, there are people. There are more bones here because it's very old. This is also the oldest capital in the United States. Um, and you know, there are homes here that were built in the early 1700s ah. long before it was ever part of the United States. That's why you have dirt on your roof. That's why I have dirt on my roof. You oh. know, we have, we have petroglyphs all over the state that are dated to at least 7,000 years ago. Oh my God. You know, you know, the spiral of life, you know, that one, we have yeah. one too. Those have been found all over the world. And we have one here as well. You know, Cocopelli, if you've seen the Cocopelli, the dancing, he's, he's here too. Um, so it's very old, very ancient. There's a lot of energy. People talk about the spirituality of it. And there's a tremendous amount of spirituality, tremendous amount of, of energy. There are creek beds that have broken native pottery in it. You oh, know, wow. so there's a lot of activity here, which <clears throat> is why I, I think I was so drawn to it. It's like, even if you want to scare me, you can't. So let's chat. So that's kind of how I feel about it. You should have coffee talk with all the ghosts. I should. If you I only drank, fun? if I drank coffee, but yes. Oh. Oh, oh, well, weird. I'm one of those weird people. Uh, I very sensitive to bitter. I mean, just so everybody knows, you can find out through 23 and me if you are. Um, so no, I don't like coffee or kale, but that's not the show. Um, so, um, but I could have just, you know, just uh chit chat with the dead people um, right. on, my, on my front porch. Well, we have to come up with something really clever. Actually, my, my producer is really good at that. She's always coming up with these little things and then I build off of it. Yeah. Alyssa, I'm open girl. You're, she's also my, practically my neighbor four hours away. So come on down and we'll figure out a good name for it. Um, so anyway, it's been a really interesting journey so far. And I do want to apologize to all your viewers about that. I do look like ass, but that was the whole reason is because I was outside sweating with my contractor looking at, looking actually at my ceiling. But what I saw from my ceiling was the sky. Mm. So, um, Anyway, this is a, a very long explanation for why my hair is in a ponytail and I'm still kind of sweaty. You look beautiful. Um, but uh, thank you very much. But last time we talked, um, I was really thinking about this. And so I kind of want to, if you, if your audience is cool, I kind of want to turn the tables a little bit and I kind of want to talk, interview you. Um, and let me tell everybody why, because oh, you, coming. you and I share this great interest in near death experiences. Yeah. Um, I've read a lot of books. I actually know a lot of people who've had them. Um, very famous book is one written by, um, who's now a friend of mine. Her name is Anita Morjani and it's yeah. called dying to be me. Um, another one was written by a friend and actually made to a made for TV movie at Fox long before I was there. Um, and his name is, um, uh, Danny Brinkley and his book his is crazy. His story is called saved by the light. Mm -hmm. And these are all stories of people who full on died, like flatlined, mm -hmm. waking up in morgues kind of situations, and then came back. 
And, um, and I was thinking before, you know, when we were kind of texting, like, Hey, get back on the show. Let's talk about stuff. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about this whole NDE thing. And, and what was interesting, what's interesting to me about it is that like anything else in the world, I think there's a spectrum, right? Um, there's spectrums for everything. Uh, and I think there's a spectrum for NDEs. Like there are people that can have like a glimpse like that they died for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And then I think those that maybe could be a very short time, but there's like a very um, immersive, immense experience they had or people like Danny. I think Danny was gone. Did, you read his book too, right? Oh yeah. He, was he gone about a half an hour? Is that about right? That's what they determined eventually, but for him, it felt like days. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, it did. That's the whole thing. It felt like mm -hmm. days for him. So I wanted to share a, a, a story of my, not me with an NDE, but of somebody that I, uh, a friend of mine in LA. Oh, also NDEs is one of our, our uh, in my book, I talk about her, one of my, our very best friends named Mona Miller, who lived 10, 12 houses up from us in Sherman Oaks. And um, she had an NDE and she was the first person I ever met that had had one. And um, what she saw um, when she was out of her body is that she saw her, the top of her head kind of open up on a hinge and all this gold liquid start going into her brain. So here's what that meant. Interesting enough, because all the signs and symbols that we have in the world, in the universe is that. So um, she ended up having um, claircognizance, which is effectively the, the knowledge that mm -hmm. she is given and she has no reason to know what she did. Like Mona wrote a book and had never read one. Yeah, I mean, Mona knew about the five great religions, never studied it. Wow. Like Mona knew things because that was being, so it was being know, downloaded or implanted or whatever. Poured in, whatever you want to call it. Um, so anyway, she was the first person that I knew. So um, um, when my book came out, um, I, it was funny, a lot of people in the industry. So those that, that maybe didn't see the first show we were on, I was um, a president uh, of, of and chief data strategist at Fox Film. And, um, so when my book came out, days, Fox film, y'all early days, no Fox film, not Fox news, not Fox news. Y'all I mean, yeah, Fox film. Yeah. Yeah. Fox film. Uh, but Fox has now been bought, was bought by Disney. So, um, I was bought out of my contract during that time. I mean, when they, the, they purchased the company, but, um, so, um, so after my book came out, all these people, because I knew, I mean, listen, I knew a lot of people I still do from, you know, the industry kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's just one really, really lovely young man. And he's young. I mean, I'm 50, soon to be four. And he's probably still in his 30s. And he was a salesperson, an ad salesperson for ABC, a company owned by Disney. And he said to me, he's like, hey, would you mind having dinner with me? I have lots of questions. I'm like, Sh happy to. Um, had a lot of those calls, but it was really fun. Sure. So I mean, we're sitting, yeah, I'm sure everybody's like, I got to know more about me now. So can you oh. me? <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, is like what they really like, they, the reason that they wanted to have dinner with me is I was just uh, simply a, a mirror for them. It's like, they wanted to learn more about themselves. Right. And I'm so happy to be a mirror for people. It's like, I can tell stories and do whatever and help process things for people. It's totally fine. Um, I've had many people that have been that for me. So um, so anyway, he wanted to have dinner. I'm like, great, let's have dinner. So he's asking all these questions. He read it. Um, and he had read the part about our friend Mona because Mona died twice. The first time, um, she came back the second time, uh, it's, it, she didn't. Right. And it was a very devastating time because she died like five months after my mom did of Alzheimer's. So it was a very rough year for me, 2011. Wow. Um, and, um, so he started asking me about Mona and he goes, well, you know, he goes, I almost died once. I said, Oh really? Tell me about it. So he starts telling me about, he was living in New York. He was mugged. They took him to like this, I don't know, ransack ready ass place. He was in a tub and one of the guys that brought him in there, drug him in there, um, took a gun, held it by, I don't know. I don't own guns. So what is this part? The pistol-y part? I don't know. Hit him, <laughs> hit him with the handle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very anti-gun. I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm very anti-gun. They, so they, just... the, they hold the, the part, you know, like this, and then they clock you with the handle. Right. That's, that's what he did. So he got, he was in this tub. He got clocked in the back of the head. He goes, you know, I almost died. I said, really? Well, tell me, what'd you experience? He goes, it was the weirdest thing. I go, yeah, what's that? And he said, you know, he goes, 
I had this whole feeling just come wash over me about how rude I had been to valet people, valet parkers. And I go, okay, tell me more. He goes, well, I was kind of a dick. He's like, I was like, you know, entitled. I was all this kind of stuff. He goes, let me tell you guys, I've never been, I've never acted like that since I looked at him. I said, honey, you died. Yeah. There's life flash before his eyes. And he looked at me, he goes, what? I said, you died. You, you began the life review process because the idea, because what the life review process is, is that you are made to feel how you made others feel. Mm-hmm. And it's a learning experience. It's not supposed to be a punishment. It is a learning experience. And um, um, I bet for some people it could feel like punishment. Sure. Calling all assholes, you know, <laughs> calling all Republicans. Um, I'm a guest. I can say it. I can't say that shit on my show, but I can say it on your show. Um, you can say whatever you want, honey. You can even cuss thank you. Me too. It's quite all right. Okay, then fucking the Republicans. Republicans if you want, you know. Um, so um, and I hope I get haters from this. Oh, do I ever? I really do. I love haters. Um, mm. because that's why I don't like them, is because they hate so much. So yeah. um anyway, sorry to those that are on the line. I, I didn't say it about independence. Um, and I'm gay, so you're welcome. <laughs> you're um welcome. but anyway, so um, mm. you know, people can have really ones that could be really harsh, right? Because they, they were not very kind in this life. Um, but it's, it is to learn because the reality is we're all coming back and, um, we've all been here before and we're coming back again. And so this is for us to learn. And so what was interesting with my friend is that he actually heeded the call and didn't know what the call was because he, he turned into this really sweet, kind man. He is by the, you'd love this guy very Mm. kind, um, never mean to anything because he was shown, felt how he made others feel. So he went into this life, but his was very brief. But then you have people like Danny Brinkley and Danny had, like you said, maybe technically physically gone for 30 minutes, but it felt him dead. Oh, oh, well he woke, I thought he, what you did, he woke up on a gurney, like with a thing over him in the morgue. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard lots of morgue stories. Very interesting. Anyway, um, so his was very different, right? His his is the other side of the spectrum. Like my friend is on the left, Danny's over here on the right, where he was shown like um what what uh what the future on this planet could be of mankind. He was shown how to help vets um work through PTSD through making these um beds. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So he was shown all of these things. That was more of an extreme. Right. So why I wanted to turn the tables on you to go back to where I was, girl, I wasn't there, but I can't imagine that you didn't die in Mumbai. How did you not? And I have a feeling you're not telling people. So I'm going to put you, oh, look, we see the, we see the part of her hair. So that means that we are in a little truth here. Um, And so I want to ask you about that part. She's calling me out, y'all. Well, because I could imagine that when you were writing your story, because listen, I know there's things about my story. There's a few things I held back, just a few things, yeah. because um, because that's what we do, right? When you write a story about yourself, about your own life, you get a little scared about like coming out with everything. And so I just have this feeling that you didn't tell everybody about this part because you didn't want them to think you're crazy, even though you really are. I am. I'm, you know, you are. Pups. We all know that yeah, and I can actually yeah. acknowledge that now. And, you know, now I actually don't care about sharing, but at the time, um, I mean, let's see, I got shot in 2008 and the book came out in 2011. It took me that long to write it because I was in the wheelchair for a very long time and the story wasn't done yet, but I struggled. No, we always, by the way, with our memoirs, we always start writing before the story is, is even halfway baked. That's what happened with mine too. It was the strangest thing. I really thought it was going to be one thing and it turned into another. And there was a portion that I had written that it was actually suggested that I take it out. Because they, they basically said, you're going to get all the crazies if they believe you. And if they don't believe you, they're going to lock you up. Yeah. So, and you're, well, because the, the worst thing is when you actually are, are really trying to tell a story that is steeped in truth and so or it's just honesty. This mm-hmm. is deep in your own honesty and what your experience was and what it made you, who it made you. Um, 
that you're, you don't feel crazy and you don't feel like you're a liar, but people want to call you that. Do you know how many people call me liar? Lots. Yeah. Lots yeah, of like, you, just, you just want the attention. You're making it up. Well, you know, I'm not going to say the guy's name. He's, he's famous, but he works for Rolling Stone magazine. And he read, he read through it because I wanted to get his opinion. He was working at CMT at the time, but he had worked at Rolling Stone magazine. And he was the one that told me I should write a book. So he reads through it and then he gets to that one part and he goes, I think I'd take this piece out for your own protection. Yeah. So let's talk about that piece. Yeah, that piece. Okay. That piece. Okay. So, you know, I've just shared with, with your audience, you know, kind of the spectrum and the different things that people experience, the life review part of it. Um, so here you are, let's like set you back there. I know I don't mean to do this to you, but time travel a bit, put you back into that moment. You're under the table, Oof. right? Yeah, it's this one. And um, a lot of real estate to this book, Soul Survivor. You must. I don't even look like Something must have anymore. happened. Look at this. But uh, yeah, there was probably a good 20 pages I took out because there was so much. Well, they want all the other books. There, there was so much that took place and it's so vivid that it feels like, I'll put feels in quotes. It's when your friend said he had this really weird feeling come over him. For Wash. me, it was like a, yeah, for me, it was like a warmth that, um, how can I even put it, that grabbed every cell in my body. And it was comforting, actually. So here I am, all of a sudden, floating above my body and going, damn, that does not look good at all. And I thought to myself, there's going to be two people that won't get this. One will be my husband because I was married at the time. The other one's going to be my mother, but everybody else will get it because I'm a meditation teacher and do yoga and mantras and all the things and I have lost her. So I'm going to pause. Howdy y'all. Part two. We had a little bit of a conundrum with the internets because evidently Santa Fe ain't grounded as well as Nashville, Tennessee. So um, we were in the middle of a conversation, uh, which let's let's table that and get back to it. And I'm not avoiding the conversation. No, just we're like, just we're just here. we're talking like this is real time. We're like reporting. <laughs> we're right now reporters. So because here's what happens: we were talking about all of these um, spirits, right? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, in this city, and actually on the property that I bought, and. Um, I've been acknowledging them like crazy. We just re-acknowledge them. So they get really excited because yeah. especially with their heritage being Mexican, because they came from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for those that are familiar with Day of the Dead or Dias de la Mortis, is that what they talk about, there are two deaths. There is the death of the body. And then there's the death of when people stop talking about you. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's like another death on the other side. And so they're excited because... Um, I have their family talking about them again. Sure. sure. Right. Cause I just said earlier how I met with Weston, one of their descendants. And so they're excited because they're alive again. So that means they're more active. And so they are messing with my internet because that's it. Because remember their energy. So they're not doing it on purpose. Right. But there's a lot of energy. And I think it's just blasting shit out right now. So she falls off the internet, y'all. I'm going to you know, tell you the rest twice. of the story. Went twice, gets kicked out twice. And then I'm finally like, okay, dudes, I know you're excited. We're happy to have you here. Can you take two steps back? You're welcome to enjoy the podcast. You're not welcome to interfere. So then everything shifted. Now we got to- Here we are. And cool. then I also grounded my computer. Mm -hmm. Um, for those that understand about, you know, that aspect of meditation, grounding, things like that, when you ground something, it makes it more stable, right? Mm -hmm. So like the, the roots of a tree, that's the physical groundingness of what I'm talking about. So I ground my computer when I have issues and then here we are, we're talking. Yeah. So yeah. Talk to the entities can be a whole nother podcast. Um, <clears throat> but you know, it, it Suffice it to say, we are not the only ones on this planet. There's a lot more disembodied souls than ones walking around with bodies. Yeah. Can I tell you really quick before we get in back to where we were with you? Um, um, this is good. This is, you should call this episode whiplash um, <laughs> because I think that's what we're going to do to everybody, but we're having fun. So hopefully they are too. Um, is I started officiating weddings and I've now done two. Mm. And two very interesting things that have happened. Um, they were both in Arkansas. 
And um, one was for um, my wife, Suzanne, her cousin, Chad, and his husband, Myron, and now husband, Myron. And then the second one was for my high school boyfriend, um, John, and his, for his son, uh, Colin. And now here's what's interesting. Well, one is the, they're both doctors, which I think is weird, but I love healers. So I'm all about, I'll do whatever you want. If you're if you're doing that, I'm here to help. But uh, the physical healers, um, but both of them took place on native land. Mm. So the first one was um, Creek. I think it was Creek. The second one was Osage because the second one was the most recent one. And it was really interesting because I sat in one of the pews because they, you know, build these like facilities um, where you can have the, they have the chapel, then they have um, like the reception area. It's like all in one kind of thing. Um, And I'm sitting in one of the pews before anything started and I do my thing. I'm sitting there and I'm like grounding myself. Um, there's also, they were, um, they were descendants that or ancestors that were no longer Come with you guys them. Back up, let her speak. Colin's grandparents. Oh, I knew goodness. they were there. So I just wanted to like, just get in my place before I be quite, yeah, perform I think we should call the ceremony, all this kind of Honestly, stuff. And then I open my eyes, the huge so, bay yeah, windows. So Julie's frozen chapel. again. Hundreds of native Americans standing there. Do we Hundreds. pause? Do we keep going? Hundreds. <laughs> the internet hates me or you. I'm not sure. Um, but picked out. So cute. this okay. is like part three. This is kind of like a, hopefully it's just like a, um, like a, uh, uh, we have our salad, our entree, and now we're going to at least get onto dessert now. So, um, but what I had, it, so we got interrupted everybody. So this is again, seriously, it's good. She should be called whiplash, but I was just sharing how, when I, uh, opened my eyes, um, after doing my grounded in my meditation, before I did the service, I saw hundreds of Indians, native Americans that were in front of the window. Um, so you're correct. There is uh, it's like how you feel that you're outnumbered by ants. It's like, <laughs> I think we're outnumbered by spirits, but I think we need to move on. And because uh, they need to stop bugging us. And let's talk about you again. <laughs> I, I, I really no. because listen, I don't know. I, I, I'm telling I, you've never talked to me about um, an, uh, an NDE. Mm. And yeah. but I know you had one. you had to have. So it's okay. you. So so put us. Coming put, out. OK, I'm coming out. So as I said, as, as I started to say, uh, a friend who was trying to protect me basically said, don't put this in. And I mean, I suffered with that for a while because I thought, I feel like I'm lying now. I'm not telling the whole story, but if you know, you imagine these terrorists come in, they look like children. They're wearing, you know, ball caps, Nike shirts, this kind of stuff too, too. They look like they could be in high school. Okay. Tiny little, they look like Indians. They weren't, they were Pakistani. I mean, I don't know. Please don't judge y'all. I thought that, I thought that they were disgruntled employees, but I saw the ammunition on them. And I mean, like uh, for those of you that are actually watching, he was like strapped all the way across, right? All, you know, and these, these are hundreds of, of bullets, you know, on these strap things. So that's a, these are automatic um, weapons and I'm registering this in seconds. I'm like, Oh, this is not good. So I, I, I said, everyone get under the table now. There were six, six of us at our table. We all dropped. We're all pushing up underneath as much as we can. Most people, you know, you do this fight or flight thing. So people either froze and got mowed down or they got up to run away and they got mowed down. And there we were, I thought, we're gonna play dead. That's what we're gonna do. And I got that idea from an episode of The Sopranos where they're in a restaurant and Tony Soprano knows there's gonna be a hit and they're eating their pasta. And uh, right when the, the guy comes in to, to take this guy out, he goes, drop! And they all dropped under the table. They shoot this guy. They drag him through the kitchen, roll him up in a something and throw him in the dumpster. And so my, you know, again, split second thinking, I just said, everybody get under the table now. It saved four out of six of us. My friend got shot in the head. And all of his brains and everything were all over me. And they did shoot me. I got shot, you know, my right tricep was shot out. My uh, right quadricep was shattered and I had one graze my neck to the point now where my whole face is swelling and I can't breathe and I'm thinking this is it. And all of a sudden I got really light. Now, you know, you mentioned your friend felt this rush or something. It kind of washed, like it, it's, cause here he is like, so the, it, the similarities, 
just mm-hmm. to help everybody out here is um, my friend was in a gnarly bathtub and he gets whacked on back of the head. So he's bleeding. Right. And you can think there's a panic and then there's you, you're under a table, you've been shot. Mm-hmm. But then there was this wash, something washed over him. Yeah. For me, I felt light. All of a sudden it was everything that was going on around me, which was, you know, grenades and everything else was background noise. Mm-hmm. It's like it got like somebody had hit a mute button where you, where you hear the TV in the next room, mm-hmm. you know, you can sort of hear it. Oh, that's a great analogy. Yeah. And I was so disassociated with that all of a sudden, you know, and right. I noticed that I'm floating up and I feel Cause you were dead. That's why you're disassociated. I with was it. Let's dead. just say it. You were dead sister. You were dead. <laughs> I had a near death experience. Yeah. Well, I near death. Yeah, I was dead. At that you point, were dead. Was, they you call did. it near because it didn't take. Right. Yeah. I had a choice. I will, mm-hmm. I will go into that. So here I am floating. Anita up. had a choice too, by the way, who's her father that gave her a choice. Uh, he said to her, if you want to, if, if uh, you want to come with me, you can, if you want to go back, you can. And her response to him was I, cause she had cancer. And, and she, her response was, I don't want to go back with my body like this. I don't want to live in the, no, I don't. Cause what if I told you that it would be gone in a certain amount of time? Yeah. And so she went back and she's within, a she's within three days, there was no cancer, no sign of cancer in her body. She's written up in medical journals as a miracle, a medical mm-hmm. miracle. Continue. I, I just want to, I just want to give context to people for this. What's the name of her book? I forgot. Anita's is dying to be me. Yeah. Dying to be me. And you guys, I, I got it on audio which is really cool. Cause then I get the energy of her voice as well. You know? And it was, I mean, there were moments where I was cleaning my house and I had, I stopped short, like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then I got like the creepy crawlies. Cause I felt like I know what she's talking about. I mean, I right. wasn't sick. Right. But, no, but you were shot. I mean, like it's, it is right. Exactly. It's, it's mm-hmm. listen, there is a menu, the size of cheesecake factory that, cause that's the biggest menu I've ever seen. It's like a book. It's like a novel. Um, of the different ways to die. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, we're probably all going to check them off by the time we're really done, done. Mm-hmm. So being shot, that's one of them. Having cancer, that's another. Having somebody hit you in the back of the head with a handle of a pistol is another, you know? Mm-hmm. Very in- it was very interesting because I had this, I had more of this warmth that mm-hmm. embraced every cell in my body. And I thought, this feels awesome. <laughs> You know, and then I thought, oh, you know, so I started to say the only two people that aren't going to get this are Celeste, my mother. And at the time I was married and, you know, the now ex. But I'm fine with this. You know, here I was peace, love and understanding. I meditated every day. I taught meditation, you know, four or five times a week and all this stuff, you know, ate tofu, you know, whatever. I was like down this other path completely. And it was this experience that actually brought me to where I am now eating, you know, red meat and drinking a martini. But so, so, so you felt light. I felt light. You felt felt the TV was on in a distance. Mm -hmm. What next? Then I saw this being of light in front of me and I was squinting to try to see who it was. And then telepathically, I knew it, you know, this probably from my Catholic upbringing, that it was a blessed mother who had come to me before you know, had animated herself when I was in church as a child, you know, standing there because I was going to be a nun. And she said, that's not your path. That's not your path. And I got in a lot of trouble for telling my father that, you know, he backhanded me at the table. That's blasphemy. You know, what are you talking about? Well, she would show up periodically in my life. I remember I had a car accident once and she showed up, you know, and then there was, you know, where I got, I hit my head on the um, dash so hard that I had big pip Jenny right here. That's what we call it in the South. And, uh, and I blacked out. I didn't remember, you know, all of a sudden there was a police officer knocking on the glass. And then I started to be, then I was clear audience. Then I could start hearing things. So here I am telepathically talking to the blessed mother. And so we're back in, we're back in India now. We're back in India. I'm above my body. What the weird part was I kept going back in and popping back out. Yeah. That's another thing. So let's stop on that. Hmm. That's very common too. Ah. And, I'm, and I'm stopping on this just for your audience, not for you, obviously, but there is, um, uh, and I actually know specific people. Mm. Uh, one was my aunt 
and slash who was also my godmother who showed me herself. I was in Los Angeles. She was in Buffalo, New York. She showed me going in and out of her body. And mm -hmm. I knew the next morning early, I was going to get a phone call from my cousin telling yeah. me that she passed and she did, but going in and out is very common. Um, you know, Harper gray, her grandfather, um, when he was making his way to the other side, he was going back and forth and I was talking to him. Mm -hmm. And that's when she later, she called her grandmother and her grandmother said, who's Julie. And she goes, what? And she goes, who's Julie? She goes, your grandfather's been in there talking to somebody named Julie. Oh, that's he was so talking to me. Right. So well, we go in and out. Right. Buy something for me then, because yeah. I remember um, having, I'm jumping to another piece, but I will come back. Yep. I remember having some family over for dinner, visiting from uh, Atlanta, um, my brother and his kids. And then that night, um, I felt something touch my leg and open my eyes. And there was my great aunt standing there. Mm -hmm. And my sense was she was going to everyone and saying goodbye. Yes. My brother had the same experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember who else, but there was maybe three or four of us. Well, there that's, well, that's the final goodbye. I mean, that's the goodbye. So there's, there's the in and out that happens mm -hmm. that happens before the final Cause I got a, a final goodbye from Mona. So okay. in the middle of the night, so she had, she died in a car accident. She was thrown mm -hmm. out and hit her head on a rock. And I mean, cause if you're going to take Mona out, you got to take her out out. Cause she was not easy to kill. Oh my goodness. And, um, and in the middle of the night, um, she came to me, kissed me on the forehead, which was, she was very touchy feely, but she was always like a snuggler. She was mm -hmm. like, kiss on the forehead is like what a parent or grandparent would do or like a authority, right? Yeah. She kissed me on the forehead and said, everything's going to be okay. Wow. I remember it like it just happened. A couple other people had the same experience. So that was the, that was the goodbye. Okay. Different, right? Different oh. than the going back and forth. That is different because you're not done yet. When you're done, you go do goodbyes when you're going back and forth. So you under the table, you mm -hmm. were going back and forth. Yeah. You're going in and out. Very common. I would be in there and then it was like, oh my gosh. And, but, but I wasn't feeling pain. That's the weird part yep. about it. the difference was, is all of a sudden somebody turned the volume up on the TV. And then again, it'd be like, I was pushed underwater because all of a sudden it'd be muted again. And then yep. pushed underwater, meaning the sensation of not being able to hear. Yes. I'd float back up again. And every time I would float up, I, I was getting a bigger picture of what was going on. Uh -huh. I saw where a grenade had been thrown in, into the Steinway piano and it exploded. There was this, also this beautiful glass, which I had heard it shatter, um, that they had either thrown a grenade or had shot it down, but it was, you know, you heard it shattering. And so I got to see the POV of that. I saw the Indian uh, wedding party where not one was spared. They came in afterwards and were, they were at the desk. Oh, it breaks my heart. Yeah. So I saw all these bodies and I saw a lot of um, vapors like coming from bodies, just disappearing. Spirits that yeah. were, they were exiting. Sure. And, uh, but so confused. And yet here I was feeling warmth and compassion yeah. and well they were so that's another very common thing i'm going to just interrupt you a couple times just no, to, for I'm your gonna... audience to explain things is um so if anybody has ever ha ever experienced a like civil war site great example like a battlefield um you'll actually get a lot of um spirits that are there a lot of ghosts and they go through um like a looping um, because they kind of still don't know they're dead. Oh gosh. Girl. So, um, uh, and, and that happens when people, um, die, when their body dies from the, of something that was shock and unexpected, like my grandmother who was ill, uh, she died. She, there's no looping. My aunt who I mentioned, my mother had Alzheimer's, there's no looping involved. Right. Because, but when there is like that shock, like for you, if you would have, if that would have been your final act, you mm -hmm. could have very well, you probably not because you're a higher level spirit, but other people who weren't could very well be looping in that area. So right. I'm just sharing. That's, I'm just okay. kind of, I feel like I'm a professor of dead people. <laughs> I love it. Well, then let me Dr. Share. Death. That's right. Dr. Dead. It's probably uh, Dr. Dead. I love it. I love it. So I had to now, now I have to step back for a second because you just said something that reminded me when I first bought this house, I moved in, but I hadn't, I hadn't even put my other house on the market yet. 
and I had to go to LA because I was a film producer and I come back, the movers move all my stuff in and I notice that the shed door is open. I thought, who let the shed door open? So I go out there to close the shed. I turn around and I see all these young boys with muskets and their little, you know, Dixie hats or whatever they are. Civil war. And here I am. I am in, I live in the center of it. And yep. they, this guy's like walking right towards me and I'm like freaking out. And I just sort of moved over and he kept going like he didn't even see me. There was another yep. one and he smelled a high heaven and he was like pulling on something to get some powder out. They didn't have shoes. They're, they're looping. They didn't have shoes. It was like yeah. they lost their shoes. Well, because, well, no, they were probably killed at a time when they weren't actually at battle. They were probably taken by surprise. Mm. So keep in mind, these are things when you die, when you don't expect it. Right? Yeah, perhaps the live ones took their shoes. And well, no, they, they, if you're telling me what they were, if he's sniffing something, he would, they were probably killed um, at night or in the morning when they weren't at battle. And he right. probably had their shoes off and maybe what he was doing was rolling a cigarette or he was doing something. Um, yeah, and that's, that was actually packing his, uh, gun and, and they were getting ready. He was, one was packing a gun, one was doing whatever. And, mm -hmm. um, so they're looping, right? I mean, they're looping. So well, if, so it, wait, is that your old house or your current house? The house I'm in now, but I did have a shaman come and help. Okay. Me. You had him. Okay. Cause and they need to go on area. And what was really weird is they weren't wanting to go. And this is going to sound weird and it freaked me out and then it made me explore more i didn't know what to do because it was nighttime when we did it so i just held the flashlight and said go to the light and then i felt all the i know so corny and then all of a sudden i felt all the they just came rushing at me and went through my body and out yeah so when you see the show ghosts where they the guy walks through totally like, what we're talking about that's real that it actually is. happens well they used you as a vehicle to get where they needed to go yeah, is that's what happened it's... yeah you were a vessel to get to, you were like a you're a little spaceship for them to get where they needed to go um well, and we're not going to do that again though so for those of you ghosts listening mm -mm, yeah the way to get you there anytime i've encountered a spirit that that i know is looping i will help them get where they need to go because the thing is they're just like killing time yeah. Even though time isn't our thing, but the reality is, is like, they're not able to cross over and learn what they needed to learn, go reunite, you know, um, with their, with their, their crew, right. Okay. They, they, they can't reunite with it, with loved ones. They can't, cause you know, we travel in packs when we reincarnate and all of that. We have like a spirit family. We come in different relationships when we're back in bodies wow. and, and for them to not have the ability to go reunite, I think is, is a crime in itself. Yeah. So to be able to, so you actually did a huge service, but let's go back to you. So you, okay. so you felt, uh, so you're seeing these things happening. You're like, you see a, a, like a grenade hit a piano. You see the glass now shattered that you once heard, mm -hmm. but now you're seeing it. Then what? So then, you know, I'm starting to talk tele telepathy with this being. And that's when I recognize the energy is the blessed mother. She's just so bright that all I can sort of see is her face sort of. And instead of me getting a recall of my life, what she shows me is the possibility of a future if I decide to go back in. And by I the way, Anita did not get the, um, the, she, she did not experience that either. She experienced the same thing that you did. Like her father showed up and gave her a choice. Right. It's kind of like, um, God, what was that show? Like, uh, do you want to play the game or pick a curtain kind of thing? <laughs> I mean, it's like you're picking a curtain and that's what she got was. And so, so you didn't have deal. to go to that. Let's make a deal. Thank you. Uh -huh. like, do you have lipstick or bubble gum in the bottom of your handbag? Um, I used to carry weird things in my handbag because of that show. Um, when I was a kid. So, um, uh, so you didn't have to do the life review because you were being given a choice. And I'm going to tell you one thing that Anita um, has struggled with is she gets a lot of people that come to her and say, why you? I lost my father. Why wasn't he given a choice? I da 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 da. No, I understand. But she gets a lot of that because she shared that aspect, well, right, of her story. And you're sharing your aspect of that story. Well, and the whole thing is, who says they didn't? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like with Saved by the Light when I heard him saying all this future stuff. I actually saw plate tectonics. I was mm -hmm. given specific dates, uh, a very, and I'll put it in quotes, significant one is 2025, but I'm getting it in 2008 mm -hmm. that, you know, that I'm, that I'm going to get a choice to step up. So that's not. an earthquake. If you're talking about plate tectonics. Yeah, that was so, and, and, you know, 
people fall and you live in an area interestingly enough Mm. um that actually is um because in the middle of the united states is some of the most dangerous um uh potential earthquakes so Mm -hmm. in indiana there's a fault and it also runs through tennessee and we have a lot of tornadoes and we have a lot we've had a lot of a crazy stuff lately that i got to see in advance i got to see a cold summer you know which didn't make sense to me because it gets freaking hot here but we've had it's like the weather right now has um a, a dual personality you know we could have seen it someplace else too you know it's, it's um, true. It's yeah true. you could have seen it someplace <laughs> else because what the, what they were showing you was um to me what it feels like and i just can say what it feels like i don't know for a fact obviously but it feels like they're you know they're showing you um the slow extraction of mankind yeah making me aware making you aware and of the slow you know, extraction and then i well, go ahead well and just then, because the earth can't handle all these people and mm-hmm. it's been so damaged and once like mother earth gets rid of us she can regenerate and she's fine um but it there's very people-y. it's very people it's very peopley and 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 i'm not saying that it will be extinct I, I, i'm gonna like mm-hmm. retract that but probably um a lot of people won't survive you know, because it has to be resized. It has to be resized. I think I saw that uh, two thirds of the people on the planet were going to be gone before the end of my life. Yep. There you go. And I saw also that I had a great opportunity to help people that were searching to know that they were okay, which was a weird way of putting it because all we do is judge ourselves and each other. And we make ourselves wrong. We don't want people to get to know us because we think we're wrong. We don't think we deserve stuff all this like humanity stuff I was getting. Mm -hmm. And then when I, when I got that message, can I add to that to really quickly, what I think is really interesting is because you say we're all okay. Um, uh, One of my teachers and also very, one of my closest friends and my podcast podcast host, we have a podcast called insider's guide to the other side. And her name is Brenda via and Brenda um, early on said to me, because I was so grieving and so devastated by the loss of my mother and the loss of Mona. And, um, she said to me one time, she goes, well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to you? I said, and I was being sarcastic cause I, I am. And, uh, I said, well, what if I die? The first thing she said to me, she goes, you'll be back. Yeah. She's you're okay. No matter what. Mona and I've your- held do what was Mona your teacher. Cause I'm getting, I'm getting this. Image Brenda, of- Brenda was, is at Mona is, was my, I'm going to call her my preschool teacher. She's the okay. one who introduced me to all, a lot of things. All right. She's your stepping, uh, stepping stone. And, and she's always, she's with me a lot guiding mm-hmm. me. I mean, she is, and she, lo- and she loved attention. So she's mm-hmm. giving, she's telling you to talk about her cause she loves attention. <laughs> um, Brenda is full on a teacher. I mean, if Mona were still here, I think that Mona would have taught me a lot more, but Brenda has been my full on, like she's full on. And so it's, there's a little bit of, cause I know people get really afraid with things that are going on in the world. And, and I can understand cause I have, I've had my moments and things that you talk about that you just brought up. And I just want to tell everybody in just to say, reiterate what you said is you're okay. No matter what right. you just are, you're okay. If, if there's an earthquake and you fall down the middle of it, you're okay. If, you know, if, if you're, if you drown in a flood, if you are some of these people who lost their lives on the uh, little, uh, the submersible that went down to the Titanic, yeah. you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Because you're okay. This is what life is. That was sudden too. I mean, <laughs> it was very sudden and you're okay. An interesting choice. Cause this is another thing that was pointed out to me is that I actually chose it. Yeah. It, it was put to me that way. I went, oh, okay. So what's right about this? I'm not getting. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of, I mean, it's like, I would never give that experience back. I've got to tell you right now, those terrorists did me a favor. I got out of a bad marriage. Um, I've written three best-selling books. The third one speaks several languages. I just finished my fourth book, Julie, that's getting paginated right now. Um, and, I'm, and I'm working on my fifth, which I had halfway written before I started the fourth one. And then I went, oh, this one first. Pivot. Um, right. I, I love facilitating classes. You know, I, I got shown also, I, I believe, you know, I don't know if it's going to exactly show up this way, but I saw myself on a stage talking to millions of people. And that can also be this type of platform. It was just the energy of, mm-hmm. guess what? You're going to show people that you can get through something like that. You want to know why I knew you had an NDE? Mm, did I say something wrong in the book? You never said a thing. 
why I know you had an NDE is because of all the work you do now. Everybody I know that has had an NDE that has seen the other side, experience other things, have no fucking choice, but to go help heal others. They heal themselves first Mm because you are required to do that. Yeah. Not just physically, but emotionally, but then they go out and they start healing others. Look at Danny Brinkley and what he's done with his life. Yes. Look at what, look at what Anita did. And I only knew it because I know these people, right? I knew what Mona did after she had hers. Mm-hmm. She was more of a community healer. She wasn't like on, just, she didn't have a pot. There wasn't no such thing as a podcast. Right. It wasn't a podcast back then. Um, Thank you. And, <laughs> seriously and um but i knew because of the work you do and the effort you put behind it and how important it is to you and how it is your life that there was no way you didn't have an nde yeah well you outed me <laughs> so tell us more is there more you wanted to like what else did you see that you want to tell us about and yeah, i you know once i got when i say she you know i don't wasn't really a gender but i totally. knew the energy of um once i heard that there was this uh, God, how can I put it? I'm going to put it in quotes. There was a need for me to get started. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. And what was even more interesting is that finally, you know, okay, back in the body, still not in pain. How long I, did it? Oh, oh, so you were, wait, you're back in your body and you did not out. feel pain. Okay. I did not feel pain, but I'm, okay. I'm sure it was shock now because the pain came later. And, yeah. um, I heard somebody in the kitchen going, if you want to survive, you have to come now. And I saw my tricep laying next to me mm-hmm. and I thought, well, that don't look good. And I said, do I really want to? I mean, I had like a second thought for a split second. And then I just threw my arms up and said, drag me. And this guy, you had up. an Anita moment where it's like, I'm not sure I want to go back like this. Yeah, I did. But mm-hmm. I, I and you should was- learn to negotiate better. If you have this again, for any reason, learn to negotiate better. Like she did with her father, which was, mm-hmm. I'm not going back in that broken ass body. If you would have said right. that girl. I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking. Oh, might have. They learn to negotiate, people. Everybody negotiate better. Ladies, <laughs> negotiate better. Thank you for that. I, I don't mean to make light of any of this. Or... I just, I, I think humor <laughs> makes it easier. It's kind of like sugar helps like... the medicine go down, you know? Medi- yeah, yeah. You know what? It doesn't even affect me anymore. I feel like I'm talking about a Netflix movie, to be honest. It does. And the thing right. is, is to keep going with that piece. I mean, when they finally got me to where I was going to have surgery, cause I, I popped out of my body two or three more times in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's another piece I left out of the book. You ready for this? <laughs> Evidently I died again because yeah, not surprised with a sheet over me and I kept mm-hmm. seeing legs going by. So I kept mm-hmm. trying to grab, grab the leg and I managed to grab a skirt and it was a nurse and she screams Bring somebody else to help pull this sheet off of me. And the uh, story. I can't talk because my neck is this part. I left out on purpose. I didn't think anybody believed me on that. Cause it's so comical to me. And she brings, she can't speak English. She speaks Hindi. So they're like, I'm like, I can't talk. This is out here. Right. So finally this, um, Indian, uh, doctor and girl, you're making up for all that time. You couldn't talk. Boy, I tell you what, girl. Anyway, so back to yeah. So she, so she's flipping out. Yeah the the um the doctor comes. He's Indian, but he has a British accent. He speaks English, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, decided to stay with us, did you?" Now keep in mind, you and everybody else mm-hmm. is um, Hindu religion. Mm-hmm. Um, very much believes in all of this, right? Like, yeah, and my know, name is Rudrani. Which means exactly. One who takes the pain away from others, and Davy means God. Don't tell me that's not heavy-handed. Exactly right, right, right. A little I destined for this. My room when I was in the hospital to meditate with me, right? Because they thought that I would that a deity had entered. So you my hit. Body. So so okay. So you in and for the record, this not surprising to me at all because how could I mean because you still had the physicality part of it that you were dealing with, and how could you not? Now did you get? Did you get, uh, during that time, do you, when you were, uh, had the sheet over you, were there other visitations that you got other visions that you got, or was it really brief? It, 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 I didn't know how I even got there. Hmm. It was the weirdest thing. I, I felt like I'd popped into another lifetime or something. Mm-hmm. It was the strangest feeling. And then when they finally did the surgery, I was in so much pain. He couldn't move me. The doctors couldn't move me. So what I said, was cause it was a screw shit. I kept blacking out. And so it, what I finally said, I don't even know where this came from. I said, 
gas me and then put me on the table. And he said, well, just so you know, you may not wake up because the bullet is lodged on your femoral artery. And if we go to remove the bullet and there's a puncture, you've already lost a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, then we need to call my husband and tell him where to find the body. Mm -hmm. So this is before texting or texting had just started, but we didn't have that kind of phone. And so I gave them the number they called. Also in India, you probably weren't able to text. Um, Yeah. I used to do international business. I'm with you, girl. You get it. You get it. So we call him. um, I had already called him earlier, which is a whole nother story because he just fell to the floor and I didn't even know he was trying to play it cool. And uh, he's the reason why all of the United States knew it was happening because he called all the news stations because he's, you know, wanted, he wanted to be famous. I'll just say it that way. Anyway. Yep. Um, not, not surprising either. He did yeah. more interviews than I did. Girl. He wanted attention. He sure did. Yeah, sure. He, sure did. he carted me around in that wheelchair. And then the mm-hmm. minute he got up, he had to start walking again. Well, that's another story. Um, anyway, I do wake up in the room mm-hmm. and uh, there's this, I thought it was a nurse sitting there. It wasn't, it was the bell hop. I mean, he, every time I would come in, he mm. would, you know, I'd have him carry one little bag or whatever up and I would tip him. And so he had actually been in the cab with me, had gone to the hospital with me Aww. and was taking care of me. And I didn't realize what a sweet young man. So I didn't realize it until he said, are you okay, mom? And I said, yes, I am. And he goes, and I look at him closer and he said, so can I go home now? And I said, oh, I have chills. Yes. Oh, my body. Oh, my God. And then he said, and it's 90 degrees outside. Oh, my God. I have chills. Said, this is amazing. God is good. And then he took off. Oh. And that angel made sure I got to the hospital. Did not leave me. Did not leave my side. Right. Yeah. The hair Beautiful. Is oh, I know. Same, by the way. Oh, like, God. I love him. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I mean, he was probably, I don't know, 14, 15. You can work underage there. So here's the thing. You talking about him. He's alive again. Yeah. And that was him. He's alive again. You brought him back. So you talking about this experience and these people is you're bringing them back. They're alive Mm -hmm. again. You're talking about like the service. His last act, his last service Mm -hmm. was with you. Yeah. He adored me. They all did. I mean, I just loved, I love everybody. I hate to say it. I actually really care y'all. I pretend like I don't, but it's not true. That's right. Damn it's it. A, it's a burden. What you going to do? Okay. So to summarize, you died twice. Yeah. You're, you're a cat. <laughs> I got, I got, you seven, got seven more left, baby. Oh Lord. You're a cat. Meow. Well, if it's going to, if it's going to continue to happen, I would appreciate it not to be so extreme. You know? Right. Well, and I just, I want to like, just do a brief pause. Cause I think we're, even with all of our, my tech, your tech issues, we're probably past our time, but I just, I want to just, um, for, for your audience, I, I, I just want to clarify that we can talk about this stuff pretty lightly. Cause for one, for you, there's been a lot of distance from that. Um, both physical and time, obviously. And I've had so many experiences with so much of this, um, that I'm very comfortable talking about it. And the way we talk about it is not being dismissive. It's actually just, it is what it is. And, you know, and if, and if, and if anybody who's listening has lost somebody recently, um, they're probably going through some very heavy grieving and maybe offended by maybe how we are kind of treated lightly and we don't treat it lightly. It's just to be able to talk about it and to share it. And for, people to be able to kind of take it in, um, is that humor helps with that. Yeah. And, um, um, and laughter gives back to the earth too. That's all it, she requires is our laughter. There's, there's no doubt, but I just, for some reason, I feel like somebody's going to watch who just lost somebody. And, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to bring this up because, I'm great. um, okay. yeah, cause I've, um, uh, I didn't go through your side of it. I went through the side with the, the, I, I was on the living side. Haven't died yet that I'm aware of. Um, but I sure the hell have grieved and, um, and I know what it feels like. And I just feel like you have some people that need needed that. I don't know. I'm just, it just, it's, it's you saying that. And I, and I totally, I totally get that piece as well. Cause I have been on the other side of that as well. Yeah. And you know, and, and now I'm in the space because I've been given information that they don't want us to grieve. Yeah, but we do. And, and I think the reality is that we do. And, and I think part of, uh, part of what they don't want that they know helps 
with yeah. the grieving is to know that their their spirit is still here and is still with them and loves them. They're not they. It's not that they're gone. They're not because I always hate to use the word dead or it, it, because people think it's permanent. And right. the only thing that's permanent is the 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 physical body, right? The biological part of who we are, um, our birthday suits, effectively. The rest of us lives on forever. And and when I started to understand that, my grieving got a lot better and a lot easier. Mm. And I didn't understand it at first. And so for so I hope what happens for people is that they can understand that um, that your loved ones are around. Your loved ones could very well have gone through something incredibly mind boggling and mind blowing that what you did, you died twice. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, and you wanted to stay and you were able to have that choice. I don't know if everybody gets it. I don't think they do. Um, is this my take on it, but just for people to know that your loved ones are around, um, and, um, and they just might not be in the physical body, but I like, I can still feel my mother. She yeah. comes up and from my back and she wraps her arms around me. And it just brings tears to my eyes when she does it. She showed up last night when Suzanne made a joke about some dumb shit I do. And my mom was laughing her. I mean, she just popped up and laughing her ass off and she left. And so I guess what I would say to people is that if you're grieving hard and if you feel like they're lost forever, um, you know, a, they're not, and, and you can form another, a different kind of relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that's to your point, why, why the other side doesn't want us to grieve because they know that they're still here. Um, I don't know why I just felt the need to go through that little soapboxy thing. So, but I just wanted to share that. And I want to acknowledge you for actually having me come out because it feels good to finally get the story out there. And I don't know how many people are actually going to see it. I don't plan on rewriting the book, but if you guys want to know the rest of the story, I'll just do a little plug for Soul Survivor. It came out mm -hmm. in 2011, as did this one also came out in 2011 because I ended up writing it in three months after I wrote that one. And this is about running the Boston when they told me I'd write it. And this is my dog, Sookie, who's come, who just yawned, who's coming. Hi, baby. I know. I love you, too. I love you, too. Okay. Oh, my God. I know. My God. baby. I know. I love you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been tremendous. We're going to have to do this again. And, uh, yeah. I saw that. Uh, she's like, mother. Um I want my walk now is what she's saying. Uh, yeah. Well, she had that earlier. Oh, no, oh. you're right. She got cut short because of my contractor. I know you're going to blame Michael. Mm. Um, thank you for having me on and thank Absolutely. you for letting me interview you and thank you for, no, but for real. And thank you. And I say that that was a little fun -ish way to say it, but thank you for, um, you know, telling your, your truth, your honesty about what you experienced. Mm -hmm. And I think people at this time know probably you well enough, especially those that watch this, that, you know, you're, you're the last person I would ever say that's full of shit. <laughs> you you exude honesty and truth um you say things whether or not people want to hear them or not but you yeah. actually were now able to even set yourself free with this part of it mm -hmm. um and um i actually have more questions but more about some other details about the well, get me your the ground i'm like um, oh, we're going to talk later about it i'm happy to get on your podcast too I, I would love to have you actually um uh, and so anyway, I just thank you. This has been, um, this has been like heart opening for me. It's been fun as well. Um, frustrating with the technology, but we had a lot of spirits around us. Um, and it is a little chaotic, but you know what? Um, I, chaos can be awesome. Yes, it can. Absolutely. Cause it, you know, when there's chaos, you actually do something. You actually accomplish something, you know, cause the, you know, a lot of us will sit on our laurels unless something comes along and, you know, push us out of the bird nest. Okay. You got to fly now. Yep. I won't do that. Cause I have a friend named Laurel and I'm not going to sit on her, but oh. yes, sometimes we just sit and we don't move. That's right. You know? Um, so, but thank you. I, from the thank bottom you. of my heart, thank you so much for this. Where this is actually very you? healing for me too. Do what? Where can people find you? And I'll make sure. Oh, the info's underneath y'all, including oh. a book, my books. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. My book is the ghost photographer, um, uh, published in 2018 by Simon and Schuster. And, um, probably the best way to find me uh, well, the podcast, uh, the podcast is insider's guide to the other side. It's a iHeart podcast, but you can find it anywhere. And, um, and then if you want to get in touch with me, honestly, Instagram is probably the best way it's Julie Rieger, J U L I E R I E G E R writes W R I T E S Julie Rieger writes, um, on Instagram and just kind of DM me if you have a question or or an issue. I mean, that's the other thing I, you know, I have people that listen to my podcast that will, 
um, say something on Instagram, uh, like on a DM and I'll write back. I'm like, here's my phone number. What's yours? Do you want to talk about? This? Oh, wow, you're so generous. And so I have, and they're like, wait, what? I didn't wait. No. What? Huh? Like they kind of get, they panic a little bit. I'm like, I'm no, they're like, you're they're, they're so they're sweet. They're like, you're like a celebrity to me. And I'm like, I'm just like you. So, but the thing is like, I'm, but I don't, the world, I don't see the world like that. Um, and, um, cause I dealt with celebrities and they're normal. Most of them. Um, and, um, but I'm happy to, you know, I'll talk to you for 10 or 15 minutes. If there's something that I think I can do to assist. And so just, you know, hit me up on that and um, we'll see where we go. But it's Julie Rieger writes on Instagram. Um, we'll verify account. FYI. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah we got to check oh, book. We, we just read the because we're, we're authors because we, te- we are there are two other people pretending to be me so if you're gonna oh. reach out to Instagram, let's just get the check mark yeah. yeah they did mine because they said that um what do they call it you are now a public figure so i got the public figure uh check mark but anyway um so that's the best way to get in touch with me and happy to respond to folks and if i take a while it's just because i'm renovating a house she got the um, dirt off the top of her house. I got, yeah, they're shoveling dirt. I'm actually going to put a little video on my Instagram today of the shoveling nice. of the dirt off. But right. anyway, thank you for having me and thank you for letting me turn the tables on you. It has oh. been an absolute pleasure. Oh. I must now jump to my um, uh, nonprofit that I am on the board for called Before um, They Fire You. Before They Fire, where I don't, where I work for free, but it's mm-hmm. a, a nonprofit here in Santa Fe called um, Life Circle, and it is an a senior adult day center. Oh, nice. Um, because we're having, um, you know, we're getting ready to jump into the um, senior tsunami right now, the silver tsunami of, of dementias, um, Alzheimer's, all of the memory care things. And so, mm-hmm. because I lost one to Alzheimer's, that's why I give my time. So I must go give my time because I'm due to do that literally the second. Yeah, I will call you later. I love you. Big hugs. Thanks, Alyssa, man. thank you. You are a rock star. <laughs> and um, we will talk soon. Okay. And goodbye, everybody. Ciao, ciao, y'all. Please subscribe and share if you know others that could benefit from this conversation. All right. Ciao, ciao. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you so much for choosing happiness. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share, and give us a like. And if you want more happy, subscribe to the Choosing Happiness membership where you can play directly with me, Rudrani Davy, the happiness lady. How does it get any better than that?